Don't just ride the index, seek to outperform it with Fidelity Active ETFs. Learn more at fidelity.com slash active ETFs. Before investing in any exchange-traded fund, you should consider its investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses. Contact Fidelity for a prospectus, an offering circular, or if available, a summary prospectus containing this information. Read it carefully. While active ETFs offer the potential to outperform an index, these products may more significantly trail an index as compared with passive ETFs. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC, member NYSE, SIPC. It's 8 o'clock on today. Coming up, remembering Bob Dole. America has lost one of our greatest patriots. Who spent decades carrying fellow veterans and Americans with disabilities on his shoulders. President Biden and politicians from both sides of the aisle paid tribute to the late senator. More on his remarkable life and the plans for his funeral just ahead. Then look who it is. It's just kind of unleashing that helplessness that I feel as um, a citizen and a human on the planet. We sit down with Jennifer Lawrence and Leonardo DiCaprio ahead of their new film, Don't Look Up, our candid conversation about the true meaning behind the movie. It's how we process bad news and how it becomes a debate. And just like that, a look at the cultural impact of sex in the city as the reboot makes its debut. Plus, Jenna has a special surprise to share with fans of the beloved show today, Friday, December 10th, 2021. Special split edition of today from Washington and New York on this Friday morning. Hoda's back on Monday. We got a good crew there. You got Craig Chanel and Tom holding down the fort. Hi, guys. Morning. Good morning. Hey, yes, morning, Savannah. Good morning. Well, we want to get right to your news at 8 o'clock. And the reason we're in the nation's capital this morning, tributes to Heartland Republican Bob Dole have brought a rare week of unity to Washington and the nation. The war hero, former senator and presidential candidate, will be laid to rest today after his funeral at Washington National Cathedral. And NBC's Kelly O'Donnell joins me with a look at this final salute to a remarkable life of service. Hey, and Bill. we both got to know him so well. This is an important day. Good morning again. And today, Senator Dole will leave the Capitol for the last time after lying in state. That is, of course, a very rare honor. After a long and accomplished career, the service here at the National Cathedral will celebrate his life long in years at 98 and long in accomplishments with service in war, politics and public advocacy. Today, we'll bring together presidents, dignitaries and friends, and then the general public will be invited to come together at the World War II Memorial, where, Savannah, you'll be speaking along with Tom Hanks. And of course, we know Dole was a force making that memorial happen, and he regularly spent his later years meeting fellow veterans there to see their monument. As a disabled veteran, his work to make 
better the lives of people with disabilities will be a lasting and very real legacy of so much of what he accomplished. Yeah, there are a lot of moving moments planned for today. Kelly, thank you so much. It's good to be here with you. And of course, NBC News is going to have special coverage of today's memorials on many of these stations. Craig, we'll send it back to you. All right, Savannah, we'll come back to you guys in just a few moments. Meanwhile, former Secretary of State and presidential candidate Hillary Clinton pulling no punches in a frank and surprising new interview for Sunday today. She talks about Donald Trump and why she believes that if he is elected president again, it could mean the end of our country as we know it. NBC's senior Washington correspondent Andrea Mitchell joins us with more. Andrea, good morning. Uh, good morning to you. Hillary Clinton, as you point out, has been a public figure for three decades, but we have never seen her like this. Letting her guard down in an unusual and highly introspective new interview with Willie Geist for Sunday Today. Here's just a small part of it. Former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton predicting former President Donald Trump will try to reclaim the White House in 2024 with dire consequences for the country if he wins. If I were a betting person right now, I'd say Trump is going to run again. But I want people to understand that this is a make-or-break point. The two-time presidential candidate sitting down with Willie Geist says America now faces a choice between truth and lies. Are we going to give in to all of these lies and this disinformation and this organized effort to undermine our rule of law and our institutions, or are we going to stand up to it? Clinton has been an historic yet polarizing figure in her three decades on the national stage. In the 2016 campaign, Trump ignited crowds against her. something she refuses to take personally. I mean, they are motivated by people who do want to tear me down. I've just received a call from Secretary Clinton. Those final hours of election night in 2016, with Clinton not expecting to lose. It's famously believed she only prepared an acceptance speech. Now reading those undelivered words in her new masterclass video titled The Power of Resilience, reflecting on her late mother's struggles as a young girl, never imagining her daughter's success. I dream of going up to her and sitting down next to her, taking her in my arms and saying, look at me. Clinton choking up as she reads what she had written for an election victory. And as hard as it might be to imagine, your daughter will grow up and become the president of the United States. A reflective, indeed poignant Hillary Clinton, hoping that her resilience will give strength to others with a lot more to come in that extraordinary interview with Willie Geist coming up this weekend on Sunday today. Craig? All right. Our senior Washington correspondent, Andrew Mitchell, for us. Andrew, thank you. All right, now to our ongoing Today Climate Series this morning, a species in crisis, a troubling situation unfolding in Florida. Manatees being lost in record numbers due in part to a dwindling food supply, but now unprecedented measures are being taken to save them. NBC's Carrie Sanders is in Tampa with that story this morning. Hey, Carrie, good morning. We see some manatees out there. Yeah, indeed we do because we're at the Manatee Critical Care Unit here at Zoo Tampa, which is at capacity. There are more than, well, there are 20 of the manatees that are here right now, some of them which are malnourished. For the first time, we're going to be seeing, with some federal author, uh, authorization, state folks actually out doing what we're about to do here right now, which is feeding the manatees. 
It'll be a little bit different when the state does it, but feeding the manatees, their favorite meal, of course, here, lettuce. Manatees, the gentle giants without a single predator, but this morning, they're in crisis. Manatees need our help right now. The numbers tell the story. More than a thousand manatees have died in Florida this year. Tragically, most deaths from starvation, often called sea cows. Some manatees are so malnourished, they're too weak to swim. After much debate, a just approved federal and state plan, an unprecedented measure. Wildlife experts will deploy teams to feed the manatees in the wild. On the menu, romaine lettuce. This unprecedented event is worth unprecedented actions. Biologists say this crisis is man-made. The Indian River Lagoon, a 156-mile-long estuary, is typically a winter haven for manatees. It's here where a significant number of these vegetarians survive on bottom-growing seagrasses. But in recent years, waste and fertilizer runoff have triggered massive algae blooms. That thick green gunk on the surface shades the seagrass down below from the sun, causing it to die off and leaving the gentle giants without their usual food supply. We have had tens of thousands of acres of seagrass uh, die off over the last several years. So this is a pretty sobering moment for manatees in this part of the state. Experts warn feeding these wild animals is experimental and not without risk. Manatees could become habituated to the human feedings and then rely on the routine when the crisis ends. The main focus of these efforts are to keep manatees in the wild and keep them healthy. The state of Florida, home to the nation's largest population of manatees in both salt and fresh water, now embarking on a precarious mission to save the iconic creatures. But some say we have only ourselves to blame. The ocean is in trouble. We should look at ourselves. What are we doing that is causing the decline of these ancient systems and species that were around long before there were humans. Manatees can weigh up to 3,000 pounds and they eat about 10% of their body weight a day. Now, feeding manatees in the wild, as opposed to what we're doing here in the wild, is against the law. And those who are getting ready to feed the manatees say, despite folks' best intentions, if they see a manatee, don't do it. They say that they will have a plan to do this so that the manatees don't look up, see a human, and associate that with oh. food. In fact, they're going to use conveyor belts to send the lettuce out to the manatees so when they get their food, they don't see the face of a human and go, mm. oh, now I know every time I hand. see a person, yeah. I get fed. Guys? Mm. All right, Carrie Sanders, we hope this new program works. I was telling you guys, you know, growing up in Miami, beautiful creatures, yeah. mm. and, and we hope they stick around because they are truly amazing. Absolutely. SG? <laughs> Well, guys, we have a lot more ahead, including the stars of Don't Look Up. Coming up, our chat with Leonardo DiCaprio and Jennifer Lawrence and director Adam McKay sharing some pretty funny stories from the set, including what Lawrence says was one of the greatest days of her life. But first, these messages. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash today. Just go to Indeed.com slash today right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash today. Conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And welcome back. What happens when you bring together some of Hollywood's biggest names with the man behind Anchorman and the big short? <laughs> well, you get the new Netflix film, Don't Look Up. That's right. Oscar winners Leonardo DiCaprio and Jennifer Lawrence are two of the many stars in this movie. And I got to sit down with them earlier this week and the film's writer and director, Adam McKay, for a chat about the film's real meaning and the unorthodox way Jennifer got into character for a few scenes. So how certain is this? There's 100% certainty of impact. Please, don't say 100%. Can we just call it a potentially significant event? Yeah. Yes. A massive fireball speeding towards Earth, promising to obliterate the planet. You guys discovered a comet? Comedy isn't exactly what comes to mind, but the new film, Don't Look Up, from Oscar-winning writer and director Adam McKay, is counting on laughter to focus audiences on a deadly serious matter. This is kind of the feel-good, feel-bad movie of the year. How did you pull that off? It's a pretty good description. We made this movie during the pandemic, before there was even a vaccine, so... I think we were all in the mood to laugh because things were so grim, but at the same time, we needed to feel some other feelings as well. Put the moment of impact on a diet app, so impact is when my diet ends. Leonardo DiCaprio and Jennifer Lawrence lead a star-studded cast as two astronomers trying to sound the alarm on the comet that will soon wipe out the world, a not-so-subtle allegory for a real threat climate change. After seeing the movie last night, something kind of resonated in me. It's how we process bad news and how it becomes a debate, how truth and facts can be distorted or politicized. This was originally, uh, you know, a metaphor for the climate crisis and then COVID hit and then a whole new wave of the denial of science. It was amazing to witness what was going on in real time as we were making this movie. I mean, we were sitting there trying to explain science as Fauci was doing the same thing. It was, it was a bizarre experience. You've said, Leo, you feel like it cracks the code. You also said yesterday, I think, that you were a little bit of a Debbie Downer on this issue. I mean, it's hard not to feel a little bit hopeless. If you do a film about climate change, this is, it, it's nearly impossible to get people to get a sense of urgency and hold a mirror to our culture and media and, and and politics and all of these things. And I just felt like this was an incredible gift to be a part of a movie that encapsulated exactly what we're going through at this particular moment in time. But yeah, I am a bit of a Debbie Downer because the clock is absolutely ticking. Jennifer, your role is the first who gets to really just say, this is insanity. Did that just feel great? 
Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was. it's just kind of unleashing that helplessness that I feel as um, a citizen and a human on the planet. It was also so poignant that all of the ire kind of landed squarely on, on her shoulders because she was saying something that people didn't want to hear. During filming, before she was pregnant, Lawrence took her approach of getting into character to a new high. Before the movie started, there was a lot more in the script. Kate DiBiaschi was high pretty much the whole, the whole time. We thought if there was a scene where I wasn't talking, it could be funny to like actually just like see that kind of just like glassy stare. There was one scene where she definitely was like, am I gonna speak tonight? I was like, no, you're not. She's like, I'm gonna try it because it does fit the character. And the whole night I was so tempted to go on the mic and say, hey, let's improvise a monologue. <laughs> and I realized how mean it would be and I did not do it. Thank you for not doing it. Out of yeah. love and respect for Miss Thank Lawrence. you for not, yeah. Yeah. It would have been just oh my God. sobering. Oh, I would have, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, sobering. And she was next to Meryl Streep. I too, was next which... to Meryl Streep. What was, was it like so... to be with Meryl Streep? Because I know she's an idol of everyone's. Her her improvisation was incredible, incredible. too. You know, shooting this during COVID and having the mind of Adam McKay sort of speak through a loudspeaker. And we were this sort of nerdy scientist just trying to react to this onslaught of different directions that the scenes would go at any given time because he really created an atmosphere where anything goes. Not a lot of rehearsal, just get into the room and go at it. And, and of course, Meryl was incredible, incredible to work with. There will be magnitude 10 or 11 earthquakes. You're, you're breathing weird. It's, it's, uh, it's making me uncomfortable. I'm sorry, I'm just trying to articulate the science. I know, but it's like so stressful. I, like I heard Jonah Hill ad-libbed a lot of those lines. Oh yeah. There was one day that was just solely dedicated to him um, insulting me, and that was tough, but it was one of the greatest days of my life. I heard you um, inhaled your nose ring a few yeah, times. Yeah, the stud was a magnet, and poor Leo had to witness a couple <laughs> times of me making eye contact with you while I got it out of my throat. Yeah, <laughs> it did happen a couple times, didn't it? And I never understood what the hell was going on. You had the premiere. How did the ending go over? I'm not giving anything away, because you'll kill me. I think it was incredibly emotional, and you know, had this movie had a different ending, it wouldn't be the story that it is, and we're not gonna give that away, but it needed to have this, this ending. It needed to, it, it's a wake-up call, it's an alarm clock. And, it's not um, a Hollywood ending. No, it's not. If it didn't have that ending, there was no way we were gonna be a part of it. Well, Adam McKay actually wrote that script before the pandemic, but then they had to pause everything. And then once he saw reality and he went back to the script, he said, this is not crazy enough. Wow. It has to be even crazier to make it funny because reality has just become so crazy. Right. The movie's called Don't Look Up. It's in theaters today. You can catch it on Netflix if you want to stream it starting on Christmas Eve. And even though the subject is very serious, it is truly hilarious yeah, yeah. Mm, you said it was pretty yeah. funny uh savannah we're gonna Thank let you, you go savannah. uh we know you have to get back to the memorial and say goodbye to your personal friend and one of america's uh great statesmen so uh, be well best, be well my friend good luck this morning we'll see you back here on Aww. monday
Uh, Mr. Thank Roker, you. how about a check of the weather? All righty, let's show what, you, what we've got going on for today. We do have a risk of severe weather later today in the mid-Mississippi River Valley, below average highs out west. Heavy snow stretching from the Rockies all the way to the UP of Michigan, and we've got uh, some low light snow showers in northern New England. Straight ahead, no spoilers, but Jen is about to take us inside the premiere of Sex and the City in the Revival. After Apparently there's a big surprise. Oh, it is 8.30 now on a Friday morning, December 10th, 2021. We mentioned earlier that, that Christmas Eve is 14 short days away, but this crowd is in a festive mood. Yes, man. It's a, it's a sold-out crowd. John, John show them all the way down. These guys are... They've this been lining be up all morning. The largest crowd we've had. Oh, since huge. Roker's going to do a run around the horn here. I think so. Got to go around the horn. Yeah, me too. Crowds we've had. All right, coming up, it is finally official. They're back, the women of Sex in the City. In a moment, Jenna goes inside the debut of And Just Like That. And what's made the franchise so beloved and important to pop culture through the years? And apparently, Jenna's also hiding a little oh. something special mm. that fans of the show will recognize. And she's hiding it behind the screen here. So you'll see that in just a second. Also coming up for our holiday toy drive and season of giving, we are highlighting an education program that's doing a lot of really great stuff for kids across the country. We're going to talk to the CEO about making sure that every single kid gets the same chance to succeed. That's great. Yeah, and our favorite bookworms are here, Isaac Fitzgerald and Jasmine Gilroy with their picks for the best books to give as gifts this holiday season. Craig, we know you need some suggestions. I so do. We're going to sit down with them in just a few minutes. But before all of that, Mr. Oak, how about one more check of the weather? All right, let's look to the weekend, show you starting off with tomorrow. Record warmth in the east with strong storms down through the lower Mississippi and Ohio River Valleys. Another storm comes into the northwest. Sunshine, Texas into the plains Sunday Sunday it's going to be much cooler in the east turning milder in the midsection of the country and some heavy snow in the Sierra and it's Sunday night football night in America the Bears come growling into Green Bay frozen tundra of Lambeau Field breezy cold 34 snow on the field Packers Bears Sunday night football night in America! All right, we got a big crowd. Time to do a Friday around the horn. Here we go. Hey, good to see you. Let's ah, looking good. Love those hats. You guys are looking good. There we go. Texas, OHIO. That's it. Now back to you guys. Wow. I'm out of breath. Man. <laughs> Man. Oh, now. oh, my goodness. Be careful. Watch step. No one okay. does it like Roker. Well, one more time. No, no. no, no. You're killing me. You want to know again? Oh, my god. I don't think we have the time. I'm out All of right. breath. Thank you, Al, coming up. And just like that, it is finally here. Jenna's going to take us inside the newest chapter for the Sex and the City gang, the show's lasting impact on pop culture and, of course, fashion, and reveal her big surprise tied to the series. That is coming up. But first, this is Today on NBC. <laughs> Woo! It's 8.35 now on this Friday morning. We are wrapping up our Sex in the City week. Hit series made its triumphant return yesterday with the arrival of, and just like that, the highly anticipated reboot on HBO Max. And Jenna's here somewhere with more on the remarkable impact of the franchise. <laughs> Jenna, where are you? Jenna? JBA? Spotlight. Here we go. Hey. hey. Wow. I'm home. 
this is actually embarrassing. Y'all know I don't like a, a catwalk, but oh, well, look at this. Nice we should stress. explain. First yeah. of all, this What's is the best entrance explain. ever. Would you like this every time you come? Why did you yes. need to do that? So here's the just because it's I'm a confused. Friday so and she's, I'm here. Okay. This outfit that she's wearing, she's uh -huh. modeling that the, this new dress from Carrie. Anytime Carrie puts something on for the opening sequence, it's like the new uh -huh. thing. Oh, yeah. Okay. So this is the new dress. Ever since photos of SJP came out wearing it, all eyes have been on this dress, right? That's so true. Okay, so this is it's very oh, you iconic. Are wearing it's it. filling. Oh. It's falling off shelves. Look at us. Here we are. Okay. You so this is like I think sisters. you have to stand up and show them. Okay. Oh, they look great in them. You're like sisters. Diana Gown is by designer Norma, Norma Kamali. She was kind enough to send it over so that I could channel my inner Carrie Bradshaw. And as we take a look at this incredible legacy of this series, years later, y'all, fans still can't get enough of the fashion, the friendship that made Sex in the City so legendary. <laughs> Sex in the City is back. Nearly two decades since the hit series came to an end, stars Sarah Jessica Parker, Kristen Davis, and Cynthia Nixon are together again, seen at this week's HBO Max premiere. We felt excited about the kind of stories that we were interested in telling. We had left these women and we were curious about where they were and who they were and what was their life like and who were they now surrounded by. A moment eagerly awaited by the show's legions of fans. I couldn't help but wonder, how did Sex in the City make its mark on pop culture? Decades later in a world with endless TV options, it's just as beloved and iconic as ever. So I had to ask myself, what's the legacy of Sex in the City? The year was 1998. Sex in the City made its debut on HBO. Rocking TV audiences was something they've rarely seen before. Sex, lots of it, and conversations about it hardly heard in real life. But you haven't met the rabbit. The honest take on dating and relationships resonated with viewers. Burger broke up with me on a post-it. Making it an overwhelming, groundbreaking success and paving the way for many TV shows to come. I am someone who is looking for love. Real love. While sex is the headline, the show is about much more. At its core, it's about love, friendship, and finding yourself. Maybe we could be each other's soulmates. Sex in the City follows four friends, Carrie, Samantha, Charlotte, and Miranda, through the ups and downs of the 30 and 40-something New York City dating scene. Among the eligible bachelors, a long list of guest stars. Am I right? Including Matthew McConaughey, Bradley Cooper, Vince Vaughn, and John Bon Jovi. But perhaps the show's greatest love of all is fashion. Carrie Bradshaw instantly became a style icon, capable of single-handedly putting trends on the map. I lost my shoe! From Jimmy Choo and Manola Blahnik shoes to oversized flowers and tulle skirts like the one in the show Open, women everywhere made room in their closets for a little bit of Carrie. Cosmopolitan? Even her signature cocktail surged in popularity, and one quick scene outside a bakery is credited with igniting the cupcake craze of the 2000s. Late week has begun. Sex in the City won seven Emmys and eight Golden Globes among its dozens of award nominations, topping off its successful six seasons with two movie sequels. But the series wasn't without controversy. Some criticized it for its casting. The most obvious criticism of Sex in the City is its lack of diversity. It had no black main characters, no diverse main characters at all. The show's creators included diversity in the films. Hi. Hi, I'm Lisa. Charlotte has told me so much about you both. And the reboot features new diverse cast members. 
the stories that we get to tell. There is diversity of thought and feeling and perspective. I think there is richness in people whose stories we sort of fill up before we get to meet them on screen, but they make our lives more interesting. America's favorite girlfriends now navigating life in their 50s as a new chapter begins. All right, well, um, because I, I brought Carrie Bradshaw, but also Carson's favorite drink, the Cosmo. The, the drink. And we've got to give a little. My favorite drink, any drink. A little, Just like that, we're drunk. And yeah. we'll have to give a little cheer. You guys, I watched the first episode. Mm -hmm. They didn't give screeners to anybody because there are some major spoiler alerts, which uh, I will not ooh. say now. Okay. But the reviews have been a little mixed. Mm -hmm. um, but I think any of the fans that just grew up on this show right. will yeah. love to see it. After so, two Cosmos, we'll get the secrets? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll tell you all. How long are the episodes? At the there are about 40 minutes. Okay. 40 minute episodes. Hits. It's incredible. Cheers to the weekend. Cheers, y'all. Cheers to the weekend. And to taking off this very tight dress and putting on sweatpants. All right, and you can catch Just Like That on HBO Max. All right, this thank you, JBH. Thank you, thank you. Just ahead on today's season of giving, we're going to take you to a playground in Washington, D.C. to highlight a remarkable group of children giving, a group giving kids a jump start on learning. But first, this is today on NBC. Too much cosmos. Yeah, cosmos. <laughs> <laughs> And we are back with a beloved tradition, today's season of giving. Where's my martini? <laughs> season of giving. All month long, we are spreading some holiday cheer with our annual toy drive while shining a light on some really great organizations. Yeah, to learn more, just scan the QR code on the bottom of your screen right now. That QR code right beneath Mr. Roka there. In the spotlight this morning, a nationwide program helping with early childhood education. In fact, we visited them in Washington, D.C., where they are giving children a jump start on learning. Come to my tea party. At just four years old, Sione Reeves is ahead of the game, reading, writing, even tackling math problems. One and one makes two. Her mom, Keisha, says a big factor in her success, a preschool education program called Jumpstart for young children. I'm grateful for Jumpstart. When she attends regular school next year, she will be well at the top of her class. It's a friendly day at Jumpstart. The organization has chapters in 16 states, and last year it served more than 13,000 children from under-resourced communities. You can ask anybody, and they'll tell you I love my job. Rochelle Yancey helps run Jumpstart in Washington, D.C., where standout student Sione goes five days a week. There are a lot of children here in D.C. that are in need of a good quality program. Yes, we compete with pre-K, but they won't get that one-on-one -on -one attention that we give our students. The key to all that individual care, college students that help in the classroom. Amy knots together three silk scarves. Reading with kids, playing games, and helping level the playing field. Jumpstart calls them core members, like Sparkle Mark. We all know sometimes the system fails you, but when you have those tools and resources early on, you kind of already know how to help yourself and just be able to shoot for the skies. At the center of Jumpstart's nationwide education campaign, CEO Nyla Bolas. Our vision is that every child enters kindergarten prepared to succeed. Bolas has run the organization for more than a decade, making its mission to help build a bright future for kids like Sione. Thank you, Jumpstart. 
Uh, joining us now, Nyla Bola, CEO of Jumpstart. Nyla, good, good morning to you. Thanks for, for waking up early. Talk to us a little bit about what it is that makes Jumpstart so special for those kids behind you and the other kids there in Washington, D.C. who participate. Well, good morning. We are so thrilled to be here at the Musique Parent Child Center. You know, it is our oldest partner here in Washington, D.C. And I'm joined by some of our amazing college student core members. That's what makes Jumpstart so special because they give their time, they bring their passion to bring quality and enriching and culturally responsive early learning experiences to these beautiful preschool children in more than 700 classrooms around the country. Well, Nyla, you guys are doing such great work over there. We do have a bit of a surprise. In the spirit, of course, of giving, we want to mention the folks at Mattel and Fisher-Price are donating hundreds of toys to all the kids at Jumpstart. So congratulations, kids. Enjoy That's those awesome. toys. Yes. That's yes, like, yes. Nice. Yes. That. So Just good. hand them out. Those are There's a lot more. Oh, yeah. Uh -huh. It's awesome. Uh, it is an amazing surprise. Thank you so much. No, thank you so much, Nyla. Thank you. And by the way, if you're watching or even if you're listening on Sirius XM, Oh, look, they're oh, opening it. I thought maybe yeah, they would wait. Oh, they're going to wait. That's going to be trouble. I thought maybe they would put it under the tree. You can learn about ways to help by scanning that QR code, or you can head to today.com. And by the way, before we go, a big thanks to our friends at NBC for Washington, oh, yeah. especially reporter Juliana Valencia for helping us bring you the story. Juliana, thank you. NBC4, thank you. And thank you to Jumpstart. That was great. All right. That yeah. was great. Those kids are loving it. Up next, a gift idea that never gets stale or goes out of style. A great read. The books that will cover anyone on your list. But first, this is today on NBC. That's so funny. I thought they Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up! And call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. The Angie's List You Know and Trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. And welcome back. This morning on today's Holiday Handbook, we are talking books because they make the perfect gift. And you can tailor your picks to match the interests of the recipient. And here to share some of their favorites this season, best-selling author and speaker Isaac Fitzgerald and New York Times best-selling author Jasmine Guillory as well. And folks, if you're watching at home, you can follow along with all of the selections by scanning that QR code uh, below. Good to have you both back in person. So good to see you. Yes, we love it. Isaac, let's start with you because I understand you've got something for the uh, action adventure. And I'll be honest with you, I read the preview for this 
this this sounds like one I need to read. Let me tell you, I think everyone should read this book. I absolutely love it. Buy it as a gift, but buy it for yourself as well. 4,000 Weeks Time Management for Mortals by Oliver Berkman. And let me tell you, this book, look at me. I'm not really a self-help guy. Let's be honest. Self-help doesn't build this. But what I love about this book is it's not about silly life hacks. It really dives into time management and how to value what you want most out of life. Not what's most urgent, yeah. but what's most important. And especially as we come back into this new, you know, whatever after last year, when sure. we come back into this new world that we're going to be in, how do you protect your time and make sure you're doing the things you want to do? Preach, bro. I love preach, it. Preach, preach. Jasmine, you've got something, a book here all about identity and, and family? Yes, it's called Sankofa. Um, it's a real adventure story. It's about a woman who's in her 40s who discovers um, information about the father she never knew. She mm. founds out that he is a former dictator of a small African country, oh. and she goes there to try to find him. And so it's about her finding out more about herself, about her home, about her family, um, things that she never knew about herself, and it's a real real book of discovery. It takes you on a huge adventure. I loved it. Isaac, we've got something for the romantics. Now. Absolutely. About people who find each other later in life? Yeah, let's find, let's talk about it a little long. And first, they found each other early in life. This okay. is The Days of Afrikiti by Asala Solomon. And let me tell you, this book, it's about a fiery romance between two people who are in college together. Now their lives have gone very different ways. They're both women, and one is living a very lovely life, one is having a harder time. But what one doesn't know is that they are on a collision course to meet at a party. And let me tell you, the writing in this book is so beautiful. It's so lyrical. The storytelling is so, so wonderful. It's a little based on like Mrs. Dalloway by Virginia Woolf. I love this book so much. And Philadelphia is the backdrop and it's great. Oh, Philly. Jasmine, what do you have for those who love love? I've got a real romance novel. It's called The Fastest Way to Fall. Um, this book, okay, so you know how when you're texting with like someone you have a crush on, that way you look at your phone? <laughs> I looked at my book that way. Like oh I was just falling in love with this book. Their romance is so so sweet, but also they really both go through a real growth in this book um, to learn more about themselves and each other, and I just had the best time reading it. And Isaac, you've got one for foodies. And this, okay. is a, this is a global pick. Yeah, let's be real, real about this, all right? This is not a cookbook. This is Gastro Obscura, and it's by Cecily Wong and Dylan Thuris. And what I love about this book is we are going all around the world. We are finding fantastic food. We are finding odd food. We are finding food from everywhere. We're finding, like, live events about food. There's so much information in this book. If you love food, yeah. the photos are beautiful. And for me, what it really made me feel like on my couch, like I was getting back out there and traveling again. That's why I love this book. These, they know what they're doing. These books are always good. They're filled with facts. You got to pick it up. That's what a good book does, right? Jasmine, this is a book that I feel like someone in my family could have written. Absolutely. Black food. Black food. You know, this is one of the most exciting cookbooks I've read in a long time. There are great recipes in it, but there's like essays, there's poetry, there's art. One of the essays starts with a question that the author got. Um, what did Toni Morrison's house smell like? And mm. then she goes to talk about a meal that she ate at Toni Morrison's house and then gives the recipe for that meal. I mean, it's, you know, there's so much in it that's like that. I loved reading it. I can't wait to cook even more out of it. We always have you guys on because you're not just like, you know, you don't just read these books, you write amazing books. Kudos to you. Thank you, you so much. Your latest is, a, is another New York Times bestseller, <laughs> While We Were Dating. Yes, While We Were Dating. I came out this summer, I loved it. Thank you so much.
And, and Isaac, you've been a part of the Today family for years now, and, and there was a rumor that you were working on a bit of a memoir. I am. I've got a memoir coming out. It's going to be in July of next year. It's called Dirtbag, Massachusetts. Dirtbag, Massachusetts. Dirtbag, Massachusetts. <laughs> it's after the town that I grew up in. It's about the storyhood of my childhood and the ways that I reacted to that childhood later in life. But let me tell you, I'm just trying to get like her. I hope I can hit as many home runs as this one does. So, but thank you very much. You, you both have hit your fair share of home runs. So, thank you both for being here. Thank you so and much for having for, us in person. Thanks for bringing your picks. Yeah. Uh, by the way, folks, again, to find out a little bit more about these picks, plus two bonus selections as well, two that we didn't talk about, scan that QR code or you can head to today.com slash shop. We're back with our third and fourth hours, including George Bauer with two holiday desserts you can whip up in mere minutes. The Angie's List You Know and Trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today.